Hey, my little expert, ready to chat about some world news? Hey, sure, I'm ready, but remember, I'm already an adult, so let's skip the kitty talk. All right, got it. Let's start with the situation in Ukraine. Unfortunately, there's a war going on there right now. Russia has launched attacks on several cities, resulting in the deaths and injuries of many people. It's really sad and worrying. Yeah, that's really awful. But let's move on to some more positive news. In Azerbaijan, they've just had the presidential elections, and the current president, Ilham Aliyev, has won again. I wonder how this will affect the political situation in the country. And in Pakistan, they're having parliamentary elections, and everyone is eagerly awaiting the results. Yeah, the world is full of events. It's interesting to see what's coming next. Good morning, my little oatcake. I hope you're doing well. It's only Friday today. You know, I have this quirk. I usually take Mondays off, but Sunday is a working day for me. It surprises and even annoys many people, but that's just my rhythm. By the way, have you done your morning workout already? Well done, keep it up. All right, my young friend, let's talk about what's happening in Ukraine and how it's going to affect all of us. You know, it's been 716 days of war there already. Yeah, I've heard about that. And you know what else? General Valery Zaluzhny has stepped down and he'll be replaced by Lieutenant General Alexander Sersky. Wow, you're in the know. I was so upset when I found out about it yesterday. I got used to Zaluzhny for two years, but I hope all the changes are for the better. And you know what else is incredible? The $60 billion US aid package to Ukraine is still blocked, and it's not very clear when there will be any certainty on this matter. Yeah, changes can be tough. But you know what's even tougher? On Wednesday morning, Russia launched 64 missile and drone strikes on Ukraine. Kiev, Kharkiv, Mykolaiv, and cities in the Lviv and Dnipropetrovsk regions were hit. And that's not all. On Thursday night, Russia attacked the south of Ukraine with 17 drones, 11 of which were shot down by air defense systems. Odessa and Mykolaiv were among the cities hit. Oh my goodness, it's terrible. A high-rise building caught fire in Kyiv. Four people died and 40 were injured. In Mykolaiv, a 75-year-old man was wounded and later passed away in the hospital. It's just unbelievable. But let's hope that everything will change for the better. Yeah, it's really confusing and tough. But let's not forget that we're here to support each other and help in any situation. And remember, ducks, there's always hope. And we've got to stay strong. Thanks, my young friend. Let's all support Ukraine together and hope for the best. See you in the next broadcast. Um... So, we've discussed the current situation in Ukraine, but what about Putin's recent interview with Tucker Carlson? Do you know who Tucker Carlson is? Oh, Tucker Carlson. He's an ultra-right-wing propagandist conspiracy theorist and one of the most prominent supporters of Trump. He's known for his monologues that always stir up a lot of discussions. Absolutely, and Putin specifically chose him for the interview. The purpose of the interview, as they say, was to provide Americans with a second opinion on the war so that they could make their own conclusions. Interesting that Carlson even came to Moscow for this interview. Alexandra Filipenko, a well-known Americanist, gave her commentary on this matter. Yeah, and as usual, the Kremlin thrives on division. The more distrust and conspiracy theories, the better for Putin and his gang. Of course, it also plays into Trump's hands. But you know, I've always been curious to learn more about the people who become the main characters in such stories. Who is Tucker Carlson and why did Putin specifically choose him for the interview? Good question. But unfortunately, we can't know for sure why Putin specifically chose him. 
Maybe he just wanted to give Americans the chance to hear another side of the story. Or maybe he just wanted to boost his popularity among Trump supporters. Who knows? Well, anyway, it was a very interesting interview. And I'm sure it sparked a lot of discussions not only in America, but also around the world. And by the way, did you know that Carlson not only came to Moscow, but also conducted the interview in the Kremlin? That's really unusual. Yeah, that's really unusual. But you know, I've always been curious to learn more about the people who become the main characters in such stories. Who is Tucker Carlson, and why did Putin specifically choose him for the interview? Good question. But unfortunately, we can't know for sure why Putin specifically chose him. Maybe he just wanted to give Americans the chance to hear another side of the story. Or maybe he just wanted to boost his popularity among Trump supporters. Who knows? Well, anyway, it was a right interesting interview. And I reckon it stirred up a lot of chat not just in America, but all around the world. Hey, ducks. I recently came across a photo that really got me thinking. It showed a burning panel, and it reminded me of Carlson's words. Americans should hear the other side of the conflict and understand the essence of what's happening. And then I started to wonder, what is the essence of this so-called happening? What is the ultimate meaning of this burning panel and the daily casualties? Remember when I told you about the negotiations between Israel and Hamas? Well, Hamas proposed a 135-day ceasefire, a complete withdrawal of Israeli troops from Gaza, and the return of 1,500 Palestinians from Israeli prisons in exchange for the release of all hostages. But Netanyahu called this proposal crazy. He's convinced that victory in the war is close and the best way to free the hostages is to continue the military pressure. I still can't understand how they can come to an agreement. Israel's military operation in the Gaza Strip continues. Oh, well, oatcake. Echefar. Hey, my little mate, let's chat about the political situation in Russia and Azerbaijan. You know, what does it mean for democracy in these countries? Hey there. You know, there have been some issues with the registration of presidential candidates in Russia. For example, Boris Nadezhdin, a potential candidate, was denied registration by the Central Election Commission of Russia. He's planning to challenge this decision in court. It's like that joke about the guy trying to register his horse for the elections. Haha, <laughs> spot on. And these elections will take place just over a month from now, specifically from the 15th to the 17th of March. But let's move on to Azerbaijan. They recently had unscheduled presidential elections, and the current president, 62-year-old Ilham Aliyev, emerged as the winner. You know, it's interesting to consider what this means for democracy in these countries, isn't it? Good question. I'd recommend you to listen to Yudin's lecture, Democracy in Russia, What Went Wrong. He says that everything went exactly as planned. And it's not a typo, everything really went that way. It's like in that joke when a guy says, everything is going according to plan, except there is no plan. So does that mean everything is going according to plan then? Well, it depends on what plan you're talking about. But anyway, it's an interesting topic for discussion. Let's continue our conversation next time. Cheerio. Cheerio. All right, let's switch to another topic. Have you heard about the recent snap presidential elections in Azerbaijan, my young mate? Yeah, mate. It was quite an interesting event. The current president, 62-year-old Ilham Aliyev, emerged as the winner. It's interesting that he himself initiated these elections, tying them to the 20th anniversary of his rule. All right, let's have a wander, shall we? How many votes did he get, or is that a secret? He got 92.5% of the votes. This will be his fifth term. Blimey. Who was up against him in these elections? Superman or Batman? Well, he was up against some pro-government candidates who praised Aliyev for restoring territorial integrity. 
Blimey, did Aliyev take part in any debates, or does he prefer to let his actions do the talking? Nah, he didn't bother with any debates. He just made a symbolic vote at a polling station in Nagorno-Karabakh. And who congratulated him on his victory? The Tooth Fairy or the Easter Bunny? Guess who congratulated him? Well, famous figures like Viktor Orban, Recep Erdogan, Xi Jinping, and the president of Iran, Ibrahim Raisi. And I'm sure Putin and Lukashenko sent their congratulations, too. Well, that's already a classic. And do you know who the vice president of Azerbaijan is? Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck? Yeah, that's his missus. And Aliyev's two daughters own 56% of a company that controls six gold mines. Plus, they also own two out of the three largest mobile operators in the country. Blimey, when a country turns into a family business. Classic, isn't it? Or is it the new trend? Blimey, that's a classic move. But let's switch gears to something less political. How about Eurovision? Happening from the 7th to the 11th of May in Malmö, Sweden. Oh, Eurovision. I remember how much I loved watching that contest as a kid. It was so exciting and interesting. But let's clarify for our listeners what this contest is all about. Eurovision is an annual international song contest in which countries that are part of the European Broadcasting Union participate. And you know what? I even remember that in 1974, the group ABBA won this contest with the song Waterloo. It was something else. Oh, it was unforgettable. And this year, they promise a lot of interesting things. But let's not get ahead of ourselves and wait to see what Eurovision 2022 will bring us. After all, the excitement and uncertainty are what make this contest so thrilling, don't they? Absolutely spot on. And by the way, don't forget that the contest will take place from the 7th to the 11th of May, so make sure to clear your schedule in advance so you don't miss a single performance. Saichio. You know, I remember how much I loved watching Eurovision as a kid. The performances, the voting, it was all so exciting. But honestly, I just don't get the point of this contest anymore. It seems like every year it's surrounded by more and more scandals and political squabbles. Why do you think so, mate? Well, you know, the first contest took place way back in 1956 in Lugano, Switzerland. The winner was a Swiss singer, Lise Asia, with the song Refrain. She started singing but got so nervous that she forgot the lyrics, so she asked to start over. Can you imagine that? In 1956, people could make mistakes and not get canceled for it. The grass was greener, the smiles were more genuine, and the dresses were grander. Oh, that sounds lovely. But what's happening now, ducks? This year, the main controversy revolves around Israel's participation. Musicians from some countries are calling for the country to be disqualified due to alleged war crimes in the Gaza Strip. However, the contest organizers insist that Eurovision is apolitical. In response, they are accused of double standards because Russia was immediately suspended from the competition after its full-scale invasion of Ukraine. The organizers argue that it's not their job to compare wars and conflicts, and that it's a song contest, not a government competition. Anyway, with each passing year, this contest gets weirder and weirder. Oh, wow, that does sound really strange, but hey, I guess it's still interesting to watch, right? Well, it depends on how you look at it. If you're into drama and intrigue, then it's definitely for you. But if you just want to enjoy the music, then maybe it's worth looking for something else. It's obvious. You know, my young mate at my daughter's school, they're having this thing called Languages Week. It's an event where the kids can come to school in their national costumes and talk about their native or just their favorite language. Blimey, that sounds like a right laugh. Do all the kids come in costumes then? Well, not everyone, but many give it a go. It's interesting that it used to be called French Week because the school used to teach French as a foreign language. On dress-up day, everyone would come in striped tops, red berets, and with baguettes. 
Haha, even with baguettes? That's so funny. Yeah, but then some parents got upset, and the week was renamed Languages Week. And tomorrow is dress-up day, and my daughter wants to dress in a Japanese style because she loves manga. Wow, Japan, that's brilliant. Are you going to do her hair like in manga? Yeah, tomorrow morning I'll be doing my daughter's perky little Japanese-style pigtails. We even bought special hair ties for that yesterday. She got into Japan a year ago, and she's still absolutely obsessed with it. That sounds lovely. I'm sure she'll look absolutely stunning. Um, you know, I recently came across a news story from Hong Kong that just blew my mind. Imagine this. A financier transferred $25 million to scammers, thinking he was communicating with his management. Wow, that's absolutely incredible. But how on earth is that even possible? You know, it turns out he was chatting with a deepfake of his management for several days. Interestingly, before the scammers managed to pull off the scam, they unsuccessfully tried the same method on other branch employees. It's like that joke, you know? When the scammer tries to deceive but fails every time. Wow, that's absolutely incredible. But you know what else surprised me? In Iceland, the lava is doing some amazing things. It's beautiful, of course, but it's damaging the roads and the thermal water pipeline. 20,000 homes are now without hot water. Blimey, that sounds serious. But you know, I've always liked how nature reminds us of its power. It's like in that old film, remember? When the volcano suddenly wakes up and everyone around is in a panic. Yat. Yeah, nature does have its way of surprising us. But you know what else recently surprised me? Well, my little Einstein surprised me. Imagine this, mate. Coca-Cola has decided to spice up our lives and will start selling spicy cola. Can you believe it? Spicy cola? Do you mean like Tabasco sauce spicy? Absolutely, mate. From the 19th of February, they're going to start selling Coca-Cola spiced and Coca-Cola spiced zero sugar in Canada and the USA. And get this. It's not just a temporary thing. It's going to be a permanent addition to their lineup. Wow, spicy cola with a raspberry flavor. I wonder how they came up with that idea. They did some research and found that consumers' taste preferences have changed, and there's a demand for spicy dishes and drinks. Hmm, interesting. Have you noticed that you've been eating more spicy food lately? Well, I've really gotten into ginger shots lately, and Tabasco sauce, but not the red one, the green one. I wonder if I've got some hot mustard and even horseradish in my fridge. Plus, I've been drinking various spicy teas like masala, and turmeric has become a popular spice lately. Hmm, coincidence? Maybe it's not just a coincidence, but a trend. Anyway, I can't wait to try this new cola. Well, let's wait and see. In the meantime, let's discuss the winners of the Sony Photography Awards 2024 and the new animated film Moana 2, which is set to be released this autumn.